Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Hi-Fi Hour. I'm here with a man that needs no introduction. His name is Bob Carver, and he's had an amazing career in the hi-fi industry. Bob, how are we doing today? Uh, well, I'm doing great. Uh, I really am. And thanks awesome. for asking. I hope like you I said, are. It looks, looks like a nice day you're having there in uh, in Washington. I'm jealous because uh, the landscape is absolutely beautiful. It is. I mean, Colorado's not too bad either, but... I, I prefer Washington. So let's let's oh. just jump right into it. Let's jump right into it with you. Um, you had a company called Carver, uh, obviously after your name, and you created something very special. You created magnetic field amps that had technology beyond their years. Can we discuss that a little bit and how? Uh, what was the motivation behind the creation of that amplifier and and how that came about? Well, um, I had to uh, after phase linear. I uh, needed to make a new start. And mm -hmm. so I thought and thought and thought, how would I make a new start? And I thought, aha, with a new technology, with something that nobody had ever done before. What could that be? Well, amplifiers of, in those days weighed about almost 100 pounds and for a nice big amplifier. So I wanted to make it much smaller than that, much lighter than that. I ended up with this very small cube that was nine inches by nine inches by nine inches. Didn't weigh very much at all. I could easily pick it up with two fingers. And um, that's what I introduced. And it was a success. Um, it was, In fact, it was a very nice success. I was very happy with the sales that I got and, the re and even the reviews. So... That's basically how I started. I had been interested in audio since the beginning of time, as long as I can remember. I can't remember a time when I wasn't interested and fascinated with audio in general. That's amazing. And I, I did read once that you wanted to create amplifiers with the same architecture as those ultra high end in that time frame. So this would be the uh, 80s, I'm guessing, 70s, 80s. Yeah. And the ultra high end stuff was so high priced and you, you felt like you could do that at a reasonable price. What was the motivation behind that? Were you just very consumer centric and you wanted to give back to the, to the audio file? Well, I wanted to make an amplifier that was not so terribly expensive that nobody could afford it right. because that's not a good thing. So I, I designed an amplifier specifically to be easily affordable that people would like, would like the sound of. And that was the uh, beginning of the amplifiers for me and, and, and Carver and, and, and then subsequently Sunfire. Okay. It worked really well. So Bob, I've heard something about the Carver challenge. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is? Uh, this, this journalist, a great journalist really uh, named Jay Gordon Holt wrote the article, and uh, it appeared in Stereophile, I believe. And he wrote an article about uh, how I was challenged to make my amplifier sound like any amplifier in the world because I had made that claim. And uh, who knows if I could do it. I wasn't even certain that I could do it myself, but I had a lot of confidence. And so I worked very hard to make uh, a generic amplifier sound like an exalted, very expensive vacuum tube amplifier. And to do that, I had to simulate and 
uh, the transfer, what's called the transfer function. A transfer function is nothing more than a description, mathematical description of how a signal is changed as it goes from the input of an amplifier to its output. And, and once you have the transfer function, any amplifier can be made to sound like any other amplifier, provided you know how to do it. And um, that's what I did. I was able to use the transfer function to make my amplifier sound like a, a very exalted, very expensive vacuum tube amp. That, now, did you did you win? Did they did they announce you the winner of, of, of yes. the challenge? Yes, Good. they did. And to and a, a man named Jay Gordon Holt had founded founded the magazine. I'm pretty sure he founded it, but he owned it anyway at that time. And he wrote the story. So that's the story of the Carver Challenge. And the challenge itself was, here's this amplifier of unknown origin, but we know that we like it. We want your amplifier to sound just like it, if possible. And not only did I make it sound just like it, I made it sound exactly, precisely just like it. And they, were, they became indistinguishable. And that was the story called the Carver Challenge. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I wish, honestly, Bob, I wish more companies would take that approach. You proved that it can be done. You yeah. proved that a $700 amplifier could sound like an ultra high end 10, 15, $20,000 amplifier. And you did it, you know, you just did it because it can be done. So why do you feel more companies don't take that approach? That's a very good question, and the answer is very simple. They don't know how to do it. That's, That's as simple as that. Uh, Carver and Sunfire was the first to design and sell a compact sealed subwoofer with amazing amounts of power, uh, and you were the first one to do this. Did you expect the market to follow along? And now, to be honest, a, a powered, a high-powered sealed subwoofer has become very, very popular as of late. So what was the idea behind that? What made you come up with that kind of format? Well, um, that kind of format seemed to actually uh, seemed to grow in a very natural way. Uh, here I have a subwoofer. Subwoofers are better when they're smaller and lighter and have more output, more power. And that was the motivation. I just wanted to make the world's most powerful, smallest possible subwoofer. And uh, I, I think I achieved that pretty well with the true sub, what I ended up calling the true sub. And you had, uh, how, what, what size differences did you have? You had an 8, a 10, a 12, right? At first, I made it in the smallest possible box that I could fit a 10-inch driver into. And that was what defined the physical size. Okay. Awesome. A little, about a 10-inch cube. Okay. Wow. That is compact. Um, and I have seen pictures of it and it, it, the play app just takes up the whole, the whole entire yeah. back of the subwoofer, which, which is great. Yeah. Um, so transfer function fascinates me. How did you build an amplifier like, like the M 400 T to sound like a tube amp punch power, like a massive amplifier and run so cool without any type of conventional heat sinks or fans? Um, <clears throat> It, it, it actually, again, it emerged very naturally. 
the first amplifier had all, I wanted it to have the characteristics of a fine vacuum tube amplifier. So, but before I could do that, I needed, uh, I needed an amplifier that had robust power, lots of power, was not too expensive. And um, the solution was simply to build an amplifier that had the attributes of a very powerful vacuum tube amplifier. And then the fine details uh, require, I mean, the finer details required further work to refine it, make it sound exactly like the tube amp I wanted it to sound like. And that's how it started, and that's uh, the path I took. Now, do you feel uh, amplifiers today, what's what's offered today? Because I, I know you have a new project, and we're going to get to that in just a second. Um, do you feel amplifiers today are are because there's many choices you have a class a class a b you have class d and, and so on and so forth <clears throat> out of the offerings of today what do you like to listen to the most that's not obviously your product what is it what is a type of amplifier that you enjoy uh i enjoy very powerful amplifiers and it doesn't matter whether they're class a or class b or class a b as long as they're powerful and do not have any distortion to speak of. That is the kind of amplifier I like to listen to. And uh, I, I, I enjoy it. I just enjoy a great sounding amplifier that has those attributes. Now, you did have your hands in speakers at some point, correct? That's correct. And I still do. It's, it's fun to design speakers. I've always enjoyed designing speakers. I love designing speakers. Uh, it's really just fascinating and a lot of fun to design a good loudspeaker. And especially after the design is done, to sit back and listen to it and enjoy the music. That now, what, what kind of music are you listening to when you when you enjoy the music, when you say that? Because I'm a huge music buff and I like all types of music, but um, do you like a specific type? And can you, can you name a few uh, artists that you enjoy? Well, uh, I like almost any good music. I like all of it. Uh, and of course, I like Beethoven, I like Brahms, I like Mozart, uh, and I like contemporary singers. Uh, Dolly Parton. Uh, it, it's all so good. And what about what about Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture? I bet, those subwoofers, I bet those subwoofers get an exercise from that one. Yeah, of course. Everybody <laughs> likes that. Everybody loves it. And everybody plays it ad infinitum. <laughs> um, I have a quick question. When's the last time you've been to a hi-fi show? Oh boy. Um, within this year, I've been okay. there. I've been to a hi-fi show within the year. Okay. Um, how do you feel like they're doing? Uh, do you like the technology that's up and coming? Do you, Do you think it's innovative enough, or do you, Do you feel that uh, they're kind of still stuck in the same thing? Both. They're still stuck in the same thing in the sense that the amplifier designers are still building amplifiers that have the same basic topology. Some are class B, some are class AB, even some are class A, and, I'm, and I enjoy them all. Um, a well-designed amplifier will sound like a well-designed amplifier. It won't sound like anything in particular. So um, that's what I listen to. Okay. 
Now, do you feel that, so since you have been to a show in the past year, uh, this is a question I always ask a lot of people actually is um, from, because there's a high end and then there's ultra high end, correct? Uh, so ultra high end, we're talking 50K and above for a pair of speakers. Uh, high end, I'd say from 10 to 50. Do you feel there is a huge audible difference between that high end and that ultra high end? Or do you think at the ultra high end point, it's getting more towards you're paying for the aesthetics and the name and the, and the prestige? Uh, both. Clearly it's both. Uh, a, an ultra high end amplifier sounds like an ultra high end amplifier. It's fun to listen to for great lengths of time. And uh, it's just fun. Um, so I so I like to listen to ultra high end amplifiers. On the other hand, there are so many inventors uh, in our business, and they're hard at work designing ever 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 excuse me designing ever I can't <laughs> better amplifiers as time goes on, better sounding ones and. Uh, it's rewarding. It's very rewarding to be involved with it all. I bet you're very well received at the shows. I'm sure uh, when people see you, they're excited to to talk to you and everything. Um, I haven't been to a show since 2019. Uh, RMAF uh, Rocky Mountain Audio Fest was my last show I went to before uh, before the I pandemic, and I haven't been to one since. So hopefully next year I'm going to go to Expona, and I'll right. be there. And I'll be able to see all the new things coming out. Um, you know, let's talk what's going on today. So if you can bring your wife into the frame, we can talk about uh, the project that you guys created together. This is Peggy. She is uh, Bob's wife and uh, business partner in the new venture. Uh, can you guys tell uh, Peggy, I want you to tell me a little bit about the new venture, how it came about, um, when it came about, and what was the goal behind it? Oh, wow. Well, basically, Bob's had a number of designs for a while. I mean, he's 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 pretty solely focused on tube amps right now, though he recently had the amazing line source speakers um, that we're not making at the moment, but um, are still in demand. And um, he's had these designs, tube amp designs for a while now. And some of which have come out, the 350, the 275, there's the Silver 7s. Right now, it's just about uh, trying to get them built. Um, gotcha. And that's what we're in the middle of at the moment. Uh, we just need to get amplifiers built, and we are getting them built. Um, Bob is back, and we'll have an online direct store. Awesome. Has the supply chain affected uh, the manufacturing at all? You know, because I know a lot of companies are uh, a little a little bit uh, discouraged because they haven't been able to get the parts they need over the yeah. uh, last couple of years. I think I think the supply chain has impacted a lot of people, um, and I certainly feel like it's impacted us as well. Okay, it's been that way forever, though. I mean, I cannot remember a time in my life when there hasn't been supply chain problems. But they're, they're overcome in, in time and everything continues on. So I think everything's going along pretty much the way uh, I, I would expect it and the way it should. I think all is well there. 
well, I'm excited because I mean, you you definitely shifted gears a little bit from from what you were doing at Carver, and now you're doing um, high end uh, boutique high end tube amps. The V12 actually looks incredible, and I think that it, it's almost overwhelmingly amazing looking. You know, <laughs> it really is a a, a beautiful yeah. design. Now, do you do the, the all the design work and and everything from start to finish? Yes, I do. I design oh. the way it looks, the appearance, the circuitry, the whole the whole kit and caboodle. That's um, amazing. Well, it's fun. It's just a lot of a lot of fun, and it's interesting. And the results to sit back and listen to something you've created is really a lot of fun. And, and that, is, that is something that actually I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I uh, did a DIY project not too long ago. It was just a, a small class D amplifier. I didn't have to put the, I got a lot of flack because I didn't put the boards together. I didn't solder the boards together. They already came pre-made. I basically just mounted it, connected a bunch of wires together, soldered a bunch of wires together. It was my first time soldering too. So you can imagine I burnt myself. It, it, it was, it was horrible. It was a horrible experience, but it was a, it was fun at the same time, if that makes any sense. That's true, um, guys. And, and it actually sounded pretty good. And I was like, okay, like this, you know, I, I think in parts I paid $300 for everything. Wow. And, and it was competing with, you know, things that I've heard about a thousand, two thousand $2,000. And I, I was pretty impressed. It was just stuff from parts express. Um, and that, I, at 30, I guess I was 38 at the time. That was my first time tinkering with electronics in that way. And I kind of, I kind of feel what you for you to be able to do that every day and create something so so spectacular and enchanting and and ah. people are enjoying it people that's got to be a good feeling though right like people sit at home they have they're in their you know $5000 listening chair um <laughs> i don't know why people spend that much on a listening chair but they do and they're listening to you know your amazing speakers which i have seen the the line array speakers you have, I think you have them in your, in your living room over there. I've seen those before and those look magnificent and they're just enjoying the music. And the, the music at the end of the day is the, yep. the, the end game, you know, yes. and you, you know, you're giving them a very good way to get there. I'll tell you that. And you have been for what, for 40 years, 50 years. How many years have you been in the business? I, I, I think I popped out of the womb thinking about audio. I'm pretty sure I did. That's so funny. for my entire life, literally. Gotcha. Well, uh, I want to thank you for everything you've contributed to this industry. Uh, Peggy, you, you are amazing. And you are you guys are just such a cool team together <laughs> that I am so excited to see what comes next. Hopefully someday I'll have the, the opportunity to listen to one of your amplifiers. Uh, that would be fantastic. I uh, I don't have too much experience with tube amps, but um, they're 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 becoming very very popular very very quickly. Yes. Um, if even you're in the channel area, drop by. I will. I will. Uh, I will definitely drop by, and we'll have to have lunch or something. But uh, I am excited to see where things are going for you guys, and I wish you the best. And I want to thank you for being part of the show and being part of everything. I, um, it was a true honor to be honest, to, to be able to talk to Bob Carver. Uh, I never, you know, 
I, I in high school I was wearing your your shirt that said Carver on it, and I never I never thought you know in in the coming years I would be able to sit here and have a wonderful conversation with you guys. So I, I've I've been a fan since the Circuit City days, and I'm still a fan today. And I I, I liked what you stand for and when what you stood for back in the day when you created these amazing in innovations. So thank you again. Bob, for being a maven in the industry, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Well, this yeah. is Bob Carver, the maven, saying goodbye for now. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Thank you, yeah. Peggy.